Welcome to a Wondercare podcast with me, Sheena Mitchell, pharmacist and mum of three. This season is slightly different to what we've done before. I really hope you like our new intro music because it perfectly suits our new theme. Okay, it might be a little dramatic, but you know, you gotta have fun with it. I'll still be coming with regular condition episodes where I explain symptoms and treatments. But in addition to that this summer, we are bringing you health news and chats. These will be delivered to you weekly and I'll be picking out four or five of the main healthcare stories affecting Ireland and the globe. I'll be discussing them each week with the new guest to the show. I'll introduce him in a minute. I hope that we're talking about topics that you find useful. And if there's anything that you have seen in the headlines or in any of the papers or magazines that you'd like us to trash out on this podcast, send it to me by Instagram messages or on Facebook at wondercare underscore IRL. Enjoy this week's episode. It is the 8th of June that we're recording. Realistically, this will be the 9th of June that people are listening. Was it that quick? Well, now you see, it depends on how much talk. So like I have to edit it. (laughs) Right. Okay. So today is the 12th of June. (laughs) (laughs) It's like you get this when you get this. (laughs) Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm going to introduce you, Niall, because no one knows what random voice is coming down the airways at them. For the summer season, I decided to step away from doing purely, I suppose, nerdy episodes where I covered topic by topic. And we decided that we wanted to talk a little bit more about what's going on in the world around us and things we're noticing. And this is really, I suppose, with a big focus on family health, but health in general. And yeah, lots of parenting chat as well. So that is the space that we're in. We'll still be doing uh, releasing topic episodes. So by condition, I'll still be doing that on a regular basis. But for now, when you see an episode that has title of health news and chats and the date, you'll know that that is me and Niall on Uh here. (laughs) That's the one to avoid and skip that one over and just go on to the proper healthcare stuff. Yes, so Niall is actually Niall Tully of Tully's Total Health Pharmacy Castlery. He is a colleague and he is actually my brother. So this is going to be very interesting. We're bringing in the big other. ones. <laughs> <laughs> the only person who I could bribe to come on and talk health news to me. Bribe? Am I, am I getting something out of this? Um, no, well, I'm, no. We'll right, talk okay. about that later. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, by bribe. Yeah, I mean, you can have my portion of roast potatoes at Christmas. Oh, score. There okay. we go. Yeah, done. Okay, so Niall, first of all, tell everyone a little bit about you, where your pharmacy is, and yeah, what your life is like. Because obviously for this, my audience all have kids in general. So I think you... you <laughs> Talking to like-minded people. So my name is Niall Tully. I'm from Tully's Total Health Pharmacy in Castlery, the centre of the world. That is County Roscommon. I have four boys... Uh, ranging currently from 10 to 4 uh, and all escalating in um, energy. Can you tell me all of their ages? This is a test. I, well, I can at the minute because it's very simple because we're 10, 8, 6 and 4. That so we are steps sound. of stairs at the minute. And now, Sheena, I will question you to see, can you tell the difference if I'm telling the truth or not? No, I cannot. No. No. Oh, yeah, there were <laughs> 10, 8, 10, 8, 6 and 4 at the minute and all um, increasing levels of energy. And a lot of lowering standards as each child comes. <laughs> but to be fair, I think with your children, 
it's like the energy built up. So the youngest is a firecracker. He is and a firecracker. You know, and, and I would say that they all have their moments. They all, <laughs> We say in our house, it's good to be different. And each one of them is definitely different. <laughs> so you can definitely relate to the parenting stripes that people yes, face. Yes, yes, indeed. And look, as both pharmacists, and we have another brother who's a pharmacist who will try and rope in at some stage. And obviously our dad was a pharmacist and that's the pharmacy that you're working in yes, now. Yes, I am, I am in what I like to call headquarters. HQ. <laughs> Yeah. I'm, the, I'm the only person who calls it that, but I am in well, my I'm headquarters happy, anyway. That, that makes you the responsible one, so that's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> I, still, I still have my mammy, so I'm all right. <laughs> you do, you do. Okay, with the context of our background, we have, you know, always grown up in an environment where health was talked about. You can imagine our Sunday lunches, uh, having uh, dad in the shop, mum who works in the shop, three pharmacists, children as a shop, and then our one brother who has God. nothing to do with pharmacy you can imagine his hatred for pharmacy has grown over the years so a big shout out to our non-pharmacist brother also right that is your intro you're not getting that every week okay, okay? So, <laughs> so the first news story well obviously there's a few different things we wanted to do we wanted to talk about news and then i have some random fun facts that i'm going to see if niall knows the answers to oh <laughs> he's looking very scary <laughs> okay this wasn't part of the intro no The first thing really is on a serious note, and there is an article in the Irish Medical Times this week with information from the Irish Cancer Society just speaking about the impact of COVID and the pandemic on the level of cancer diagnosis that happened in the years of 2020 and 2021. And there is figures that show that I think it was 8% and 6% less cancer cases detected in those two years. And obviously the Irish Cancer Society made the very valid point that cancer didn't go away. So that just means that there's more people out there who haven't been diagnosed. And the problem with that is obviously that it is harder to treat more advanced cancers. So I don't know, Niall, do you know, do you find, because we were actually just talking before we came on that even in our own pharmacies, we're seeing Maybe a, lot, a, lot, a lot more end stage or suddenly somebody finding out and not having um, not getting that early treatment that can make a difference. And certainly during COVID, a lot of people were scared to go to the doctor. I think a lot of people are still scared to go to the doctor uh, about burdening them. And they're finding out nearly when they're symptomatic rather than at the screening stages or that they're going they're going under investigation for something else. And then suddenly they find out that they have a stage four growth or uh, something that's not right that's something that's not right and that is at that stage further down the road that they can that they would have been able to turn back from yeah and i think as well people are afraid to go into hospital which is very understandable because all we've been listening to all winter and particularly over the last kind of two and a half years is that the hospitals are in crisis and people are getting treated poorly maybe mm. um at times and to be very clear none of that is the fault of the staff who are working in them it is the fault of our health system as a wider concept but, but even like even even during the winter they were talking about healthcare crisis but i know the amount of people depending on when this goes out that um last weekend was the june bank holiday weekend and the amount of people who came in beforehand 
prolonging of illnesses or something that they didn't want to go to hospital that weekend because it was a June bank holiday weekend. And you're kind of going, well, if people are scared to go on a June bank holiday weekend when our hospital system isn't in the middle of a winter uh, epidemic, yeah. what chance are we going to have this winter? Yeah. And like looking at the, figure, the figures for RSV, flu and all of that, that then led to the increased instance of invasive group-based strep as a secondary consequence of increased viral infections. This year, I cannot help but think that these viruses are going to be very opportunistic and realize, yes, we're back, you know, and I'd say more early peaks and I'd say it could take us a couple of years to kind of get back mm. from the pandemic where viruses just didn't get a chance to circulate. But anyway, I suppose the point of this is, Niall, like you're at home. You People are afraid to go to the doctor because if, if their problem isn't big enough. But what is your advice for people? At what level or stage should you go and actually seek help? I would say when something seems not normal. As in, right, you can get a vomiting bug and that's 24 hours or uh, 48 hours. But if it's with other symptoms or if something changes, if you notice something that there's been a change in your body, there's a reason for it. And you have to find out what that reason is. It could be the weather. It could be you have a bug, but it could be something that needs further investigation. And I would say, listen to your own body, as in what normal for me would be very different to what's normal for somebody else. So it's a change in... Uh, something, whether it be bowel movement, a mole, a bug that's not gone away, or just this niggle. I would say if it's if if it pops into your head that it's there long, maybe this is, maybe I'm speaking as a male that if it pops into my head enough for me to notice, it's been there for a while. So yeah. any any change, then I would probably say it's worth checking out. Also, probably no harm for everybody to go for what I call an NCT once a year or every six months to get the bloods done, um, just to make sure, like if even if there is nothing. You have a benchmark. And while there are maybe delays in GP access, that's something that you can wait a month for, book it in and go when they can 100%, see it. 100%, yeah. Uh, when, yeah. When, when they're free to see you. And it's, it's although the small little things might seem little and you don't want to be burdening the doctors or the surgeries, but the more stuff that's caught earlier or the more stuff that flags earlier, the less of a bottleneck they will be further down the road. Yeah, yeah. And just to mention there that obviously we're referencing the Irish Cancer Society a lot here, but they actually have this amazing resource, which is called the Early Detection thing. So if you put in www.earlydetection.cancer.ie or even just Google Irish Cancer Society Early Detection, you will find a wealth of information. Niall, I know because last month may was melanoma awareness month that you have some information on i suppose melanoma and non-melanoma signs to look out for and i think when it's summer we're a bit more skin conscious so it might be a good time for people to start thinking about symptoms well, yeah, definitely um and because it's summer now people are putting on sunscreen and to, to realize that the higher numbers are better when i'm going out it's a, it's it's nearly a 50 because they don't get out that often but again it's just any changes so if you have a mole or if you have a, a little dot on your skin so if if one half is unlike another if something changes in shape and only half of it changes uh, so it becomes asymmetrical that's a sign to make sure that you can get something checked out or if the edges of something changes so the border color if there's any kind of color changes 
uh, in a mall or a spot that you notice it's probably no harm to go get it checked out. Um, so if something looks like it's getting bigger and it shouldn't be, like if it's not a cut but if it's something changes in in width or diameter it's definitely worth getting checked out but again it is any change that you notice uh is worth checking out even if it is a spot that has begun to crusty uh that's begun to crust over now this is for the kind of non-melanoma but it's been there for a while uh or you haven't noticed it or a lump that's smooth pearly or waxy um, these are all things that you should get checked out if there's not if it's especially if it's unexplained like if you bumped up to something that's fine but if it doesn't go away or if it's becomes crusty or bleeding it's definitely worthwhile following up with the gp because we're all putting on sun cream and maybe seeing our skin more because the fine weather it's a good opportunity to have a little look and just make sure that everything is as expected I don't wear anything other than 30 on my body. Like, uh, I wouldn't put the kids out in anything less than 50. Yeah, like they can still absorb their vitamin D. Mm-hmm. And actually, my children wore 50 all last summer. And, you know, the one child who has the type of skin that may actually develop a tan, because obviously you've got me married to a Scottish fella. It's not like we've got a great <laughs> gene pool for rocking a good tan. But the one child who has some hope did develop a tan and everything, you know, slowly wearing factor 50 and so it's just nonsense not to be putting it on them well i have one who's a little bit more sensitive or a little bit more awkward only likes certain sun creams so we have certain sun creams for him the texture of it he is a sensory thing do you know um because I, hmm? I, I have the same in my house and the product that is a big winner to have in i'm going to say a handbag but a man bag obviously as well obviously, either, yeah, yes yeah you know the la roche posay and Thelius mist for the face yes so it's an invisible mist and that is the only one that one of my girls who is a bit fussier who i won't name will tolerate being put on her so i find that brilliant in the handbag because even sometimes you can now it's too expensive obviously to be using it all over your body and they do a body one which is in a much bigger can and more economical but the face mist it's so small a can that it's really handy you can even if the shoulders looking red you know you get the paranoia yeah well and that is that it is very handy to bring with you now my fellow wouldn't wear that at all (laughs) uh he'd find it too cold on his face so he likes to have the cream in his hands for a few minutes (laughs) to warm it up before he puts it onto his face so a winner for us was obviously the last per antilus i just want to interrupt this episode for one little second okay more than one little second but not a lot of seconds summer is here and it's definitely my favorite season The only downside is all of the circulating dust, spores and pollen that can make life miserable by affecting your sleep and respiratory health. That's why I'm so delighted that Salon Plus are supporting this season of a Wondercare podcast. As the Salon Plus device filters these dust and pollen particles out of the air when used every night in your bedroom and circulates fresh, clean air for improved sleep and comfortable airways. I cannot believe we're on season five. Where is the time going? Anyway, back to the pod. So obviously there is all of that. So we're definitely telling people Irish Cancer Society, the early detection is great. There's loads of resources. And I didn't want to kind of just panic people and have them feel that it's really negative. So there is also another article which brings a little bit more joy on the same topic. So this was from the Irish Examiner and it is from the 6th of June. And it said that obviously cancer still exists. But it's saying that there's basically been two major breakthroughs in cancer treatment, as well as news of a discovery that could hugely improve the health of women who have endometriosis. 
The first of the cancer discoveries concerns women with ovarian cancer and the revelation that a new drug treatment significantly reduces tumours in 50% of patients. And this came from a trial from the Royal Marsden NHS Foundation Trust. And, you know, basically it's been shown that this new drug combination will block tumor tumor growth and keep the disease at bay for years. So obviously experts are saying this is fantastic and very, very exciting. Um, And the second cancer study showed that there is a now once a day pill that can cut the chances of dying from lung cancer by 50%. So that's, yeah, that's fairly astonishing. Lung cancer is the world's leading cause of cancer death. So doctors are very clearly hailing this as thrilling. The next article that I brought up today and sent on to Niall, and I think I may have wound him up completely with it, It is also from the Irish Examiner from the 5th of June. Catherine Conlon is a public health doctor in Cork and she's the former director of human health and nutrition at Safe Food. So she's a very intelligent woman with, you know, obviously a huge education in health and wellness and public health. I was excited to see this story. I was like, right, because it says six steps to take now to avoid a trolley crisis this winter. So I think what myself... (laughs) Myself and Niall noticed about this is the six steps are, to, I just want to put emphasis before we start talking, are steps that we need to take right now to avoid a trolley crisis this winter. In the article, it goes on to say that the census 2022 showed that Ireland has a population of over 5 million for the first time in 150 years. And it also went on to say that we have an aging population. And I have been harping on about this since December and that our health capacity needs to increase. It also has a quote from the president of the Irish Medical Organization, John Cannon, who said basically that because of the capacity crisis, we are having avoidable deaths in essence, and treatment is being delayed in primary or secondary care because capacity can't meet demand. And a lot of these ideas are gold standard or unreal they're all unrealistic uh, in this day and age um with the health system that we currently have step five i'm going to try and read this without laughing fruit and vegetables on prescription yeah you need to leave it there i think so i think i think i'm done with that sorry healthy diet balanced diet the way to go 100 percent but it's unrealistic in the fact that sometimes we can't even get drugs on prescription. And that you talk about the likes of Caravan and it took how many years to get that actually allowed on the drugs payment scheme? Even now, still, it's very clunky. As in the paperwork involved, the, even, even the health minister, Stephen Donnelly, has looked at it and said, this, this, isn't, this has to be looked at. It's just way too clunky. And like, that's trying to get a drug onto a yeah. prescription. Fruit and veg. It's certainly a step forward, but I can't even imagine the amount of of waste or paperwork or bureaucracy or everything that will go involved in that. I feel I better explain because obviously they're not expecting community pharmacies to become green grocers. So green grocers out there, rest assured. So in the UK last year, they did this little pilot scheme. So they gave low income families vouchers to go and get kind of fruit and veg and stuff. But 
I'm not going to enter into this conversation too much purely because I have spent a lot of time over the last six weeks talking about obesity and Ozempic. And we know that obesity is coming at us like a train in the face as a healthcare crisis. And it's going to demand so much hospital space and so much primary and secondary care need. And it's going to be the biggest drain on our health system in the coming years. Clearly, we need to solve obesity. And yes, giving fruit and veg on prescription, as they put it, is a lovely idea. But actually, what I think we might be better do is to tax all the people who are producing all of the crappy processed foods, which I am not sitting on a throne talking about because I eat a lot of that processed nonsense <laughs> if, if I'm in a hurry. But I do think that we should be discouraged from taking the easy option. And for me, money would motivate me to go with fresh produce over something that's really expensive and processed. Because I'd be like, right, well, these fruit and veg have been subsidized by our government. Where they get the money, they get it from taxing the high salt, high fat, highly processed producers. And they allow the likes of our dairy farmers and our veg and fruit producers to maintain a more sustainable model and also to encourage them to grow more healthy produce and then also make sure that the customer sees the price drop as well. Mm. So there needs to be kind of a, a clear policy on how that would work, but it should be incentivized to grow healthy food and it should be incentivized. You should be incentivized to buy it. And the, the best incentive when you're making a choice when you're hungry is your wallet. You love had food dudes and I hear a lot of criticism, criticism about food dudes in the school. Does your school do food dudes? Yeah. Yeah. So I hear a lot of criticism about that because to be fair, sometimes the little plastic bags of fruit and veg they got, first of all, you shouldn't be using plastic bags like get local producers to be providing that fresh fruit and veg. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And it's not exactly green to be putting a gazillion little plastic bags and also the fruit. fruit. In some cases, I believe I have read on the interweb was very soggy by the time it reached the child. So of course, they're not going to enjoy that. No. However, we are clearly investing money and making an effort in educating our children about healthy diets. Yet we're not willing to educate their parents who are the ones who are actually preparing the food at home. And I think it would be much better to have big public health awareness and be handing out loads of free, simple recipe books of healthy foods and maybe doing up like this is just something that's occurred to me. You know, now, like, and sorry to this company, but HelloFresh are spamming my Instagram and everywhere. They're every influencer is getting one where they're providing fresh food and a recipe. Mm. Well, maybe the government should be like offering some sort of similar model where in your supermarket, you can buy a value pack that comes with a recipe and say, are you making a healthy chicken curry for your kids tonight? Here's the ingredients you need to do or whatever and subsidize it. If they could get a company, get the state to, to kind of subsidize it. Someone You have to pay something for your food. But let the, let the state kind of maybe subsidize the packaging and the leaflets and the health promotion beside it. But have it incorporating portions, so say for a family of four or a couple of two or a single person and have kits where you're like, okay, this is a lovely beef casserole or this is a lovely blah. And everything is there or even your list of ingredients just and vouchers off the, the say the products there. Like, I don't know. It's just an idea. Yeah. It's just yeah. people are paying privately to other companies to do that. 
And I'm not sure, and I don't know, they probably are very healthy, but maybe the government need to look at that. People are buying convenience. Let's give them convenience, but let's give them healthy convenience. Teaching children to cook is excellent. Last night I had chicken nuggets made by number three. And number one, I had pasta with sauce made by number one. And it, I must say, it was very nice. You had two days. And I'm still here. Well, oh, then we got the chicken breast and they, they breaded it. And, and, and apparently we should be opening a restaurant, according to my own children. Well, it's good that they think highly of themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Just... All I have managed to, well, my children can make like scrambled eggs and beans and waffles, so that's good. But they can also make me coffee in the morning, so that's. Oh good. yeah, I haven't mastered that yet. Now that yeah. is, that's, that's you need a travel we're... cup that can't spill, so they don't yes. hurt themselves. Yeah, yeah and you need okay. the older yeah, yeah. one to hold the kettle. It's a lot of <laughs> hazards there. Be careful, people. Yeah. We're going to touch off this really quickly. Harvard Medical School had an article on the 7th of June, which was yesterday in Recording World. Or two or three days ago. (laughs) And it says, play helps children practice key skills and builds their strengths. My wife does happen to be a play therapist. (laughs) So the importance of play is huge in my house. Do you know what, though? It's, it should be more important everywhere. And especially we're in an increasingly digital world. And according to the article, it's not surprising that children are spending more and more time on a device. And certainly I have known as a parent myself that obviously we have two working partners in our house and it's very difficult to hold down two full-time jobs and parent to a very good or even reasonable sometimes standard. <laughs> All of the time, because you're doing the laundry, you're cooking the dinner, you're trying to bring one child to football, the other child to a drama group and the other child has soccer. And you're trying to figure out all of that and find their clothes and pack the lunches for tomorrow. Like I'm tired even talking about what we yeah, do on a daily basis. So very often, and actually we had to have a family meeting about it the other night, which sounds much more impressive than it was, where we had to sit down and say like, no, the iPads or whatever devices have got to go because you aren't in great behavior. You're after it, you're tired. It's making you aggressive and a little bit obsessed with logging in. They're obsessed with logging in daily. And I'm like, no, they're gone. It's summertime. The daylight is here. We're going to go play. We're going to have so much fun. And the response I got was, I can't wait for winter. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. Like we do, we don't, I have four boys, um, so we don't, we don't fit in our house. Uh, so we had uh, a grass area out the back, like, but you'd dress all four of them out you'd get, but, and you'd kick one of them out and then get the next one dressed. And by the time you have the fourth one dressed, the first one was coming back in head to toe in muck and you're going, oh, good God. So we actually changed it over to fake grass. But now you can send them out in all weather and snow. Like their football has become a big thing in our house recently. There's an interesting line in this article and it says, parents and children are literally forgetting how to play. And it's just trying to encourage people to get out there because children's emotional regulation and physical skills all come from that. And there is a few suggestions of games here. So I'm just going to read them out. So obviously, red light, green light, Simon says, duck, duck, goose, uh, free dance, I spy, bingo, starting a story and having others add to it. We like to do that when we go out in walks, actually. So oh, we do that too, yeah. You have to find a way or, or humming songs and trying to get them to yeah, guess like, what during, song during, it is. During COVID, we, I won't say we forgot about homework. Having the, the two younger ones at, that's at the start of COVID weren't in school, so homework was a was a struggle so we just went on lots of walks and we did lego and we did thumbs and all that kind of stuff but the walks really helped we find if we don't get out of the house at least once a day 
all that pent up energy is just built up and it makes for not an easy afternoon. Yeah, I find my children now, they don't want to go outside like they will eventually. But sometimes if you, they're like, come play with me, mommy. Come play. Actually, we were down in Castle at, uh, at the weekend. We got water guns and they're like, have a water fight. And I left our mother minding our children. I went off for my run. So when I came back, I was hot and they had been watching telly. And I was like, right, guys, no water fight. And they weren't, they wouldn't go and do it on their own, but they were quite happy when I went out with them. So they duly soaked me and that was fine. But then I wandered off and snuck back inside for my shower. And then they were running around for ages. It's like they just need you to get them started. Mm, yeah. Get them out the door. It's hard. And I think it's hard. But the, the kid, at the end of the day, they are children. They will play, but it's just when there's no other distraction. And then like that, when they're out playing water fighting, they need a reason to go in. Yeah. And then they need to be not asking for screen time. So like having a meeting with kids, like anyone from kind of five or six up where you say, look, I don't want you to ask for it because that means you're not going to get it. <laughs> I'll give you when there's a right time. So don't worry. So that they just lose that obsession. It's almost a relief to them because they're like, okay, she's being yeah, a wagon. We're, 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 we're in the tough battle now because we've stopped a lot of the iPad time, but some of the homework is coming in on tablets uh, and they have to do spelling on tablets. And you so at eight o'clock in the morning, they're going, can I do my spelling homework? And you're going to go, ah, I'm pretty sure we did that yesterday. Yeah, uh, and it's a tough, a tough balance to do it. There are a lot of challenges and I'm sure we will talk about more of them next week. And I never even got to ask you fact. Hold on. The fact. Fun fact. Oh yeah. Okay. No. Can we stop the recording now in case I don't know it? <laughs> no, I'll give you an easy one first. I'll give you two. Okay. What's it about? What is the largest organ in your body? Skin. Okay, fine. You're always going to know that. As okay. Laughing is good for your heart. It can increase blood flow by how many percent? Blood flow. I'm going to say 12. I've no idea why. 20%. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Like, that's impressive. So your heart must be really good with all those laughter lines. See, I'm not laughing at you. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I will let you get back to your customers in Castlery. Just before we go, this podcast is sponsored by Salon Plus, as you will have heard at the start of this episode. Niall, are you a Salon Plus fan? I am a Salon Plus fan and I have the age old trick of a timer plug. So I literally oh. just have a timer plug. So at 10 o'clock at night, it turns on and it turns off again at seven o'clock in the morning. So I put it in, just leave it there. And so number three currently goes to sleep in my room and we find that his his sinuses and his uh, he had a couple he had a lot of sinus issues and stuff, but it's actually really started clearing up um, since we've started that. So we'll probably leave yeah. him there for a while, although he's already given out because he doesn't like going to sleep in our room. Lately, I think it's the heat. The room was feeling really stuffy, hot. I was hot and bothered. I wasn't sleeping and it felt moldy. It just felt gross in my room for whatever mm. reason. And we live in a dormer and I don't know what's going on. Anyway, I moved the Salon Plus right up onto my bedside locker and I've started, I used to just turn it on when I was in bed. I've started turning on about two hours before I go to bed, which is way too late. So normally I turn it on around half nine, ten and I'd be in bed for kind of half eleven, twelve ish. And I don't know, it's I'm sleeping late. amazing. It is very late, it's too late. Yeah. Anyway. It's amazing. Niall, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Go for a walk while you're listening to this every week and we will keep you up to date with all. I'm informed. Yeah, and we'll be covering everything. So anything health orientated that's in the papers from anywhere in the world. And if you see anything, make sure you spam Sheena with all the stuff. 
Yes. um, You can send her all the stuff and she'll she'll filter through it and she'll tell me what we're talking about. Yes. And actually, the next episode that'll be out will be all about travel tips for kids, which people on Instagram Mm. give me loads of info. So do jump on to wondercare underscore IRL on Instagram and I will be putting question boxes up there on particular stories and you can give your example or you know share a recent experience with us and we will read it out and discuss it <laughs> on the Excellent. pod thank you whoop, whoop. if you enjoyed this episode of a wonder care podcast health news and chats then please do subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts and even better you can give us a little review on apple podcasts or on spotify let us know what you thought of the episode over on wondercare underscore IRL on socials.